Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 255. Today is December 20th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, we are coming right up to the end of the year. I hope that you are as blessed and enjoying your time on this earth as much as I am. Now, in the few remaining days before the year runs out, there are some topics I want to cover. I don't know if I'll get to them all, but I definitely wanted to get this episode in because I wanted to talk about value. And this is value specifically when you're purchasing a stock or, you know, if you're an employee, when you're looking at a possible employer to work for. And then also those of you that are entrepreneurs that may be looking at purchasing another company. And I also wanted to really bring this topic up now and talk about it in today's episode that I've entitled ESPN Dopes and Dopers. Because I'm going to poke some fun at ESPN. Incidentally, for those of you that don't know, they are owned by Disney. And I've owned Disney stock for quite a while now. I'm a big fan of Disney stock, although I'm not always a fan of the things that Disney does, and particularly the things that ESPN has done. So I'm going to try and present this all to you in terms of value. You know, just because ESPN may be full of a bunch of dopes, or just because management of a particular company may seem incompetent, that doesn't mean that it's not a valuable company. In fact, I would argue exactly the opposite. And this is a concept that it took me a long time to figure out. I don't even remember if I covered this in the fourth wealth building principle, which is identify value. By the way, if you're new to the program, go listen to the first 10 episodes of this podcast. That's where I started the show some, I don't know, four, almost five years ago. And I started by talking about the 10 things that have helped make me become financially independent. It's not get rich quick. There's nothing in there about cryptocurrency. But I think the information in there is very valuable to those of you that want to build a financially independent, middle-class, millionaire-type lifestyle. That's what I've done for myself. Those are the type of clients that I work with. And so if you're new, again, check that out. The first 10 episodes, those are my wealth-building principles. Uh, but back to value. So a concept of value that it took me a long, long time, decades to realize, is that just because management of a company or the owner of a company may seem to be making really foolish decisions or could just be out and out incompetent, that doesn't mean that the underlying company is bad. And in fact, my argument is, and what I've come to realize over the past years and particularly over the last decade, is that the more incompetent a management team is, the more valuable the company is. How can that be? Well, think of it this way. If you're an entrepreneur and you're a solo enterprise, you know, you just run your own business, it's just you. And if you're incompetent, well, how long is your business going to be able to remain profitable and in business? Not very long, right? As soon as you run out of your seed capital, if you're incompetent and you're the entire company, you're going to go bankrupt or broke. Your business is going to fold. You see, a small solo enterprise does not have a margin of error. They don't have room for incompetence. You're the only guy there. you got to make it happen. However, if a business has been around for a long time, particularly one that's like on the Fortune 500, something like a GE that's been around for over 100 years or an IBM that's been around for, I don't know, 60-some years, well, they have a solid value proposition and a business model, and they have the room for incompetence. There could be a lot of useless overhead or a lot of you know, fat that could be trimmed off. And the very fact that that organization can support that type of excess cargo, well, it really speaks to the underlying value of that company. And so when you're looking at a company 
and you look at some of the management decisions and you say, how can they do such absolutely stupid things? Well, the reason is, is because they're making so much money, they're making profits hand over fist that they can afford to be sloppy. And what generally happens is that that doesn't last forever. Eventually, new ownership comes in or new management comes in or something happens like the stock stumbles and falls. GE is an example of that right now. I I own that stock. One of the reasons I own it is because I knew that they were going to make changes to get rid of their incompetent management, but the underlying company is solid. And so when that happens, when it gets revealed to the market that management is incompetent, then they throw out those old bums They get lean and mean again, and because the business model that is in place is such a profitable one, that company can quickly turn itself around. They go from being fat, dumb, and happy to being lean and mean. That's also generally what we saw here in the U.S. economy back in 2008. You know, there was a major recession, and a lot of people got laid off that otherwise wouldn't have gotten laid off. You know, because it's hard to fire employees, particularly if you're in a big Fortune 500 company. It's hard to get rid of the CEO. It's hard to get rid of low-level employees as well. And so sometimes you need a major shakeup. You need the stock to take a tumble, you know, something bad to happen to the overall stock price. Wall Street gets upset. The shareholders get concerned. Then the board of directors come in. They reorganize. They fire the CEO. They, They take steps that they otherwise wouldn't have taken. The same thing happened in 2008. The economy hit the skids. Everything slowed down. All the businesses in America looked at their employees and they started saying, who do we need? Who don't we need? And those that were excess baggage were furloughed. That's really one of the major reasons that corporate profits have been so strong over the last decade. This also applies to those of you that are in small business or those of you that are entrepreneurs and you're looking at buying another company. You may look at a company and you say, well, man, the guy that's running this company is an idiot. And he's probably not the guy that started the company, or if he is, he may have gotten, you know, fat, dumb, and happy over the years, and he's really neglected it. But the fact that he's still in business means that there's probably a lot of underlying opportunities that if you came in there, you can buy the company now at a reasonable valuation, get rid of him and any other excess baggage, and turn that into a profitable operation. This is especially true if you can be fortunate enough to find a company that's being run by the second or the third generation or by the original entrepreneur that's getting ready to retire and he doesn't have anybody that's coming in and and taking, you know, family members that are coming in and taking over his company. You know, if you're seeing a business that's being run by an incompetent son or grandson of the founder, well, usually if you get in there and scrape off the barnacles in a company like that, you can find an amazing resource to make profits because that son or that grandson is incompetent. And the only reason they're in business is because they inherited a very profitable enterprise from their father or their mother, you know, that was the founder of the company. They didn't have the smarts. They didn't have the gumption. They didn't have the ability themselves, but they inherited it. And now that they have it, it's starting to fall apart. But if you get in early enough in something like that, you can find that it's a really good purchase. And in fact, with so many baby boomers retiring and so many private companies coming onto the market, for those of you that are entrepreneurial, I would encourage you to go out and look at purchasing an existing business. As these baby boomers are retiring, some really good opportunities are becoming available. Now let's jump back over and talk about ESPN. Again, they're owned by Disney. I own Disney. 
I think Disney has an amazing business model. And in fact, oh, I don't know, about six or seven months ago, I did a YouTube video where I stated that even though Disney was out of favor, I was a big fan of it. I'll put a link in today's show notes so you can watch that video. I'm holding on to Disney stock because I think it's going to get up and hit $120 or $130 a share. It's a company that prints money. They have unbelievable franchise from, you know, producing the movies, marketing and distributing the movies, having theme parks that are based on those movies, getting revenue from selling games and software and characters, toys that are based on on the movies that they create. I mean, it's an unbelievable franchise. The reason that it has gotten some bad press lately has been because of a lot of the incompetence there, particularly in the management over at ESPN. Just to give you one example, and I think one of the funnier examples of the stupidity at ESPN was back in August of this year. This is during the aftermath of the uh, white supremacist protests that occurred over at Charlottesville, uh, Virginia. They had an announcer over there whose name was Robert Lee, and he was scheduled to be the announcer for college basketball games, and I believe the first one that was coming up was in Virginia. So ESPN was all hypersensitive about race relations and specifically things going on in Virginia, and this announcer's name happened to be Robert Lee. Well, Robert Lee could be associated with General Robert Lee of the Confederate Army, and so the management over at ESPN pulled Robert Lee from announcing these games, you know, basically fired him and said, no, you were scheduled to do it, but you're not going to do it because your name is too inflammatory. Now, I personally can understand the sensitivities that ESPN was dealing with. However, I think that to discriminate against somebody simply because of their name and a name that they didn't choose, right, this is their given name. It's not like Robert Lee went out and picked it. His parents gave him the first name and the last name was a, you know, historical ancestral name. And so to judge a person and their qualifications as to whether or not they should be hired for a job simply because of the birth name that they were given with seems to me to be about as mean and evil and corrupt as the practice of racism overall, where you're judging someone on the color of their skin. I mean, how is that different from judging someone on the birth name they've been given? And so from that aspect alone, I think ESPN was wrong to have done this. As long as Robert Lee didn't have any crazy Nazi affiliations, they should have gone with it, right? But, but what makes this story even more unbelievable, and you couldn't even get away writing about this in a fiction story because no one would believe it. I and mean, this is truly a case where the truth is stranger than fiction. Robert Lee was a Korean American. Robert Lee was about as far from being a white supremacist, Southern, Confederate flag-loving racist as you could get. He was an American that happened to have a Korean heritage. So when this took place, many people looked at ESPN management and said, what kind of dope are you guys on? I mean, what are you smoking over there? And well, you know, this week we have the answer because it was announced this week that the president of ESPN is resigning and he's resigning and leaving the company because he has a substance abuse problem. Now, I don't want to make light of the fact that someone has a drug issue. I'm personally full of many imperfections and and I really don't want to go out and throw stones at someone else's personal problems, but I really have to poke fun at ESPN at this and particularly this guy because it's obvious he and probably many other people over at ESPN are on drugs. And if they aren't on drugs, then they are purely incompetent. And so to the president of ESPN, I say goodbye, good riddance, get out of the way, let Disney's CEO Bob Iger 
bring in some fresh blood, some new talent, some competent management. Let's start making some changes at the top over there at ESPN. And I think in short order, you're likely to see things turn around over there. Well, hey, as always, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.